0: This is Face the Music, an electric light orchestra song by song
1: podcast. No way out.
0: Afterglow bonus tracks. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson, And we read most of your comments on our YouTube channel, the Electric Light Orchestra podcast channel. And the ones that we don't read, we read them here on the Bonus Tracks episode. And if you don't hear your comment here, it's probably on the YouTube channel. And if you don't hear it on the YouTube channel, then it slipped by me and I didn't see the comment. So let's just get right on to the comments that didn't go to the YouTube channel. And first up is... Hello, my old friend.
2: Mike Hudson says, like the rest of you, Afterglow was my first exposure to this song. I was amazed when I heard it. It was more in line with what I expected to hear from ELO. Just like you guys, I've always said this should have been the bookend for ELO's career. It all started with 10538 Overture, and it should have ended with Hello, my old friend. Jeff even uses the Frère Jacques song interpolated into both 10538 and Old Friend. It's done with the cellos on 10538, but done with what sounds like school children on Old Friend. This song has all the cool fiddly bits and naughty bits and wizits and whatever you want to call them. Jeff's packed in all kinds of synthesizer things. Backwards vocals, sped up vocals, and of course, best of all, real strings. What's not to like about this song? Not much, actually. The only real problem I've ever had with this track is the drum machine during the first half that does the little percussive accents. I'd a lot rather have had Bev doing those with real percussion instruments instead. But when Bev does kick in after the middle, this song, which was already great, becomes stellar. Bev's really laying into those drums. It's a signature powerhouse drumming style. And absolutely perfect for the song. It has the same kind of feel as the drums on Don't Bring Me Down, albeit with a different sonic texture and rhythm. And yes, I know the drums on Don't Bring Me Down were lifted from On The Run, looped and slowed down, but my point is the feel is similar in nature. It could even be said that Old Friends drums even have a similar sound to Bev's drums in Fire On High without all the flashy drum fills, of course. Because Secret Messages was originally cut down to a single LP, this song has to be laid to the wayside, but I think it should have been retained for the album, even if it did eat up a sizable chunk of real estate on side two. I'm not sure exactly what I would have omitted to make room for the song, other than Letter from Spain, but I'm sure something could have been worked out. On my perfect single LP of Secret Messages, the songs that would have had to have remained Would have been the title track, Danger Ahead, Time After Time, After All, the full version, not the shortened one, and Hello My Old Friend. I've never actually sat down and tried to work out what I would have liked to have had as a single album version of Secret Messages. I like most of the songs quite a bit. As I said, I'd let Letter From Spain go, and probably also Loser Gone Wild. I might even let Rock and Roll Is King go, too. But I guess because that was a reasonably big single for the band, that might not have been the best choice to let go. And from the leftover songs that didn't make it to the original single album version, I'd have to say that I'd let Buildings Have Eyes and No Way Out go as well. There are other strong songs left over: Bluebird, Stranger, Four Little Diamonds, Train of Gold. I agree greatly with Eric Paul that the ending of the double album version should have been segued better with the fade out of Hello My Old Friend. It's too jarring as it is it would have been a simple matter to do a crossfade and then end of Old Friend and the epilogue, if you wish to call it that, just as it was done with Rock and Roll is King on the single album version. I sometimes wonder if when the double album was being put together a few years ago, if perhaps this wasn't the original intention, and perhaps something happened and the album's release got rushed for whatever reason, and it became an afterthought instead. But no matter what, Hello My Old Friend would have been a lot more majestic ending to ELO's career than Send It. Heck, maybe Jeff should have revived Hello My Old Friend to use as the closing track on Balance of Power. There are three or four tracks on that album that I'm not terribly crazy about that could have been deleted to make room for it. But in all honesty, the record company should have let Jeff do as he originally intended, and released Secret Messages as a double album, and let that album have been the closing for ELO's career. The balance of power song should have turned up on future jeff lynn projects perhaps as the first solo album before armchair theater ah i'm surprised you forgot about beatles forever being on there
0: (laughs) well i'm sure jeff lynn would like to forget beatles forever as for the frere jaca thing pam van allen thanks you because i don't know a couple months before we hit hello my old friend she wanted to know information about that and after I got the show all done and put together and loaded, ready to be posted uh, on the day that it's supposed to go out, I remembered, oh right, Frere Jaca. The
1: doctor thought I might have brain damage.
0: I never noticed the 105.38 Overture thing with Frere Jaca. That is actually a pretty cool and well-hidden Easter egg then for Frere Jaca on Hello My Old Friend to uh, what was supposed to be the last ELO song ever, to reference back to the very first ELO song forever. That's uh, that's some pretty serious Easter egging.
1: You're a genius.
0: Another thing that I for- forgot to talk about with it is Bev's drumming. Yeah, his drumming is frickin' awesome on that second half. As for using him on the first half? I don't know, I think the drum machine fits the first half better, because it is, I, don't know, I think it's all synthesizery, Except for maybe the strings. Well, and Jeff, too. He's real, as far as we know. I think it works well that way. As for uh, being on balance of power... I don't know about that. Hello, My Old Friend has a lot going on in it, and there's not a lot going on on Balance of Power. Hello, My Old Friend is a full sound there, and there wasn't much full sound in Balance of Power. This one comes from Cheryl Newman. These guys irritated the hell out of me. They're almost implying he copied the Beatles rather than saying he was greatly influenced by them, as were many other musicians. And to say his lyrics on Hello My Old Friend aren't as poetic as McCartney's is ridiculous. Jeff wasn't writing a fantasy song. He was writing about a real town and his affection for all of its faults and negatives. These guys don't know how Beeham was in the 50s-sixties, so don't realize just how on point Jeff's lyrics are. When it comes to writing music, he's his own man. Maybe influenced but he's in nobody's shadow.
2: I'd just like to take this opportunity, as usual, to say women are cute when they have opinions.
1: You're a sexist <laughs> jerk!
0: We've irritated somebody else. We've irritated a new person. This deserves a fanfare.
1: Well, Artie, give him a fanfare! <laughs>
0: implying he copied the Beatles. Um we're not implying. I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah, Jeff copied I Am the Walrus. And not only is that us saying it, and lots of other people who I've seen comments say, Oh yes, I can't wait till you get to I Am the Wal I mean Hello my Old Friend. But Jeff Lynn will tell you, yeah, I copied the Beatles a lot. He'll straight out tell you. There's an interview clip about the diary of Horace Wimp where the interviewer says, eh, it's very Beatly, isn't it? And Jeff says, yeah, of course it is. I'd lo- I love the Beatles. I'll borrow from them whenever I can.
1: Diary of Horace Wynn. That's the one that has the most Beatle influence, I suppose, in it. Were you conscious of that? This is your Beatles song on the album? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. It's more just the, the sound of it, really. You know, I'm a Beatles maniac. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a Beatles fan. Um, I don't feel ashamed to it to say that I'm inspired by that sort of
2: thing. Yeah, and it wasn't supposed to be derisive against him whatsoever. No, absolutely not. It's it's not like he hides the fact. It's (laughs) not like he's sitting there. It's not like he's Oasis. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's not like this is Oasis instead of ELO. It's, yeah, I took what I could from the Beatles and was very influenced by the Beatles and basically tried to continue being the Beatles. Yes, (laughs)
0: yes, yes. John Lennon said,
1: Electric Light Orchestra, and it's a nice group. I call them Son of Beatles, although they're doing things that we never did, obviously. But I remember the statement they made when they first formed was to carry on from where the Beatles left off with Walrus, and they certainly did. And
0: apparently the Beatles loved it for him since they did hire him to produce their new songs in the 90s. Yeah,
2: the only time I've really gotten after Jeff about anything like that is when he's completely copied other songs without admitting to it, like on Showdown.
0: See, that's when that kind of thing bothers me. No, no, man, I'm totally original. Just because it sounds exactly like yesterday, please. Paul McCartney ripped that off from me 30 years before I did it. No, he, he openly admits to it, and he'll cop to it, and he won't back away from it, and so... And we said and nothing that's but part great... part of
2: what made Electric Light Orchestra good, was the fact that he was sticking more to the Beatles' formula than the ex-Beatles were.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we said nothing but good things about the song, even if he did copy I Am The Walrus." Which is not a bad thing.
2: By the way, if you ever want to hear another copy of I Am the Walrus, there is Spinal Tap's Rainy Day Sun.
0: There's also Sowing the Seeds of Love by Tears for Fears.
2: But uh, Rainy Day Sun is from their album Break Like the Wind. (laughs) And it is supposed to be a recording that they made in the 1960s at the same time as Listen to the Flower People. So I think it was supposed to be the flip side of it. And so they did a completely psychedelic Beatles ripoff. Even though Hello, My Old Friend is a lot more serious and a lot better, let's put it that way. Even though Rainy Day Sun," give it a listen, it's hilarious in some cases.
0: Oh, sure it is. (laughs) The thing about the lyrics aren't as poetic as McCartney's. Well, don't take that out on us. That was a quote from Andrew Whitefield, who has had a lot of stupid things to say about ELO. But for Hello, My Old Friend, he heaped nothing but praise on it. Keep on listening, Cheryl. I'm sure we'll do lots of things to irritate you. Irritating people is part of my charm. Forgive the language. He's an (laughs) Got a comment here for Mandalay.
2: Mitch Barloga said, "This is blah. There's a much better song with that name." And he referred to a song called Mandalay again, which is by Elton John and Leon Russell from the album The Union. I'm now going to have to buy because you're right that is a much better song and while I can live without yellow's Mandalay I don't think I can live without this song now so yeah now you just got me another album to buy and add to my ever-expanding
0: collection my wife thanks you for that I knew what you were doing Eric comments for no way out Sam Demilt said Jeff creative and unrestrained and yet another Beatles ref when it comes to keeping all your money in a brown bag Baby You're a Rich
1: Man too.
0: I never ever noticed that Probably because I haven't listened to Baby You're a Rich Man much It's a Beatles song that I never ever liked since I first heard it in February 1984 and so I've always done my best to avoid it I've heard it maybe four or five times in how long has it been since 1984? A Very long time, so that's why that one blew right by me.
2: And Corey Gomel says, It might be just me, but I think this jazzy bit of 40s torch song would have been a good fit on long wave. I know Jeff thinks it's 50s sounding. I say 40s. Heck, what does he know? He's only the musician. And if you ever want to hear Jeff sing uninspired, listen to this chorus. And what is that sound around a minute 26? <laughs> a growl a guitar a mistake he just left in to fix later and couldn't because there was no way to get it out
0: oh I see what you did there it sounds like he's growling I'm walking yeah I think it would fit on Longwave the problem with Longwave was they were all remakes were they yeah they were all remakes from Jeff's childhood and spawned certain memories so but I can see it fitting there if somebody else had done it. Jeff should have gave the song to me. Nah, no, it still wouldn't have worked, because I have never existed during Jeff Lynn's childhood. So, that uh, ruins the theme of the album.
1: This boy's more mixed up than a feather in a whirlwind. And we
0: got some reviews for our podcast. Vinnie Corbett, he recently discovered the show, and he's been going through it episode by episode since the first one. Thank you. He's been making some comments along the way. Here he says... Hey, both Eric's. My brother just told me about this podcast, and I've been listening as much as possible, trying to get caught up ASAP. I've been a huge ELO fan since I was a young kid in the late 70s. Oh, well, I was a young kid in the late 70s, too. It's around about the time that I got into ELO. Thank you for doing this podcast. Well, you're very welcome, Vinny. Thank you for listening.
2: Definitely. And Rob Eben says, Great podcast. I've finally gotten around to checking it out, and I've listened to probably a dozen episodes so far today. Very well done.
0: Thank you. We're bingeable. I'll take that as a compliment.
1: Well, doesn't that make you feel dandy? How do you do, Mr. Sponsor, how do you do? Here's the time for a commercial for you. We'd be glad to put it in if you'll get up a tin. How do you do, Mr. Sponsor, how do you do? Oh, Sponsor!
0: some cash our way at patreon.com slash elo pod for one dollar an episode you can hear episodes a week before they post to the world at the two dollar per episode level you get expanded episodes heard only on patreon reviews from don fields the eric's cover elo cover songs or skip all that and just hand it over directly through paypal using the email address elo podcast at gmail.com At this point, you've heard everything that was going to be on the Secret Messages double album. So after that, do you think Secret Messages should have been a double album?
2: Not really. I think a few of the tracks from the double album should have been on the single album and then some of the other ones left off or just B-sides. But, I don't know, my opinion might change if I actually do listen to the double album version through and hear it in its own context, but from what I've heard, I don't see where it would have improved anything. I don't see where it would have made it any worse, either, other than maybe just having to spend that much more time listening to it. <laughs> because other than Who's That, none of the songs are that bad, and I don't think they would have put Who's That on there anyway, to No, tell you the I truth. Don't think, that, no. that was never even considered yeah, no. to be put on the album. I know it was during the same sessions, but for the stuff that was supposed to be on the album... Um, A couple of those songs could have improved the single album, and leaving off a couple songs from the single album to replace them with could have improved it. But as a double album, I would have had the same complaints. A lot of the songs were all over the place. There wasn't a cohesive sound, it was just throwing any idea out there just to get it done, it still seems like.
0: Yeah, as an ELO fan, in 1983 I think it would have been neat to have the double album, but Even with the single album, I've said before what songs I would have chucked from it, and replaced it with some of the stuff that did get chucked. It's what somebody once said about double albums. Most double albums are one side too long, and I think Secret Messages would have been the same thing as, I think, Out of the Blue was one side too long. But Hello, My Old Friend, So Friggin' Awesome is just a song by itself, but also would have been the perfect goodbye from ELO.
2: Just the idea of them coming full circle and returning to Birmingham would have been just that whole concept. There would have been perfect. Oh, done. My name's Alan Stair. Who cares? And I'm his wife, Donna Stair. You're not a cop, are you? Join us for the WKRP cast. It's a week-by-week, episode-by-episode podcast, giving you a chance to re-watch, review, and re-love WKRP.
1: Tons of trivia, stories, background information, and when possible, interview.
2: Don't miss the WKRP cast.
1: Subscribe now, available every Tuesday.
2: I'm a WKRP in Cincinnati.
0: Afterglow was a three-disc and or three-cassette box set released on June 15, 1990. The set included a book with notes written by Trouser Press music critic Ira Robbins. It also included a list of all the ELO albums and singles released in America and the UK. Destination Unknown, the British B-side for Calling America,
1: was released as a CD promo single from the box. Good hello, y'all. It's me, Donna, from the Xanadu Preservation Society. Looking back at this 1990 box set, it was very much a product of its time. Compact discs were taking over the format world, the novelty of hearing your old favorite music all over again on a newfangled digital little disc. Box sets were becoming the rage thanks largely to Bob Dylan's biography set, and, beyond all of that, Jeff only found his own musical direction outside of ELO, through his producing chores that helped him with enough distance to look back without much difficulty. Though, according to an interview piece on Rolling Stone, Jeff requests that none of the Xanadu tracks would be used. The novelty behind this set can clearly be seen in the name of each of the discs. E, L, and O. Then there was the selections, a lot of hits, maybe a few album tracks, and the only real surprise are the seven previously unreleased material from the last two yellow albums, Secret Messages and Balance of Power. Despite that I was still hoarding my vinyl copies in the face of the populace replacing them with these digital thingies, I was ecstatic that my favorite group was getting the royal treatment from the mainstream in a form of a legit box set and the small sample of rare tracks was quite the kick as well then there was the book that came with it about the size of a record cover liner notes were extensive and hell they even mentioned xanadu in a paragraph And a major standout a thorough biography and detailed band members list the tracks may be lacking in depth but the book in these lists certainly made this worthwhile at the time, until the next box set, Ten Years Down the Road. But that's for another chapter. Oh yeah, and then Bev Bevan complicating things with his sequel for a band. Heads or tails on that one.
0: an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elo pod.
2: Next week, episode 138, Baby, I Apologize.
0: That'll be used for blackmail material. Alright, and comments for. not no reply at all. no way out
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's a Genesis song
0: yes